You are down with Yo Dave. What up? Drop the beat. We like it old school. You know how we do this. What you listening to? The brothers from the 818. 2 times 2 times back at you once again on the brothers from the 818 kicking it with my man no Palo Caleb what's going on with you bro hey it's good man i talked to Eddie Eddie McGee and he told me my he he reminded me what my nickname was okay it All was right. um it was it was Seabay instead of eBay i said okay. come on man Seabay uh, eBay i'll take both of them I don't love any of them, Dave. I like uh, No Palo better than eBay or Seabay. We're gonna roll with No Palo. What's the Seabay reference? Is it a, is, is it similar similar to eBay or look at my face? Yeah. Look at my face. I don't know. All right, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> we could take it back to uh, to to um, high school when we was calling you K Love. Remember that? K Love. So, uh, K Love. That was. Uh, I'm sure that's going to make some people, uh, their eyes open up a little bit if anybody from high school is checking us out. I know we got a couple people back there that's following us, so they might be like, what y'all think of it? As a matter of fact, I'm talking to y'all. If y'all catch this podcast, what you think about uh, renaming uh, Kalo's nickname back to K-Love versus No Palo? Let me know what you think about that. You know what? It, what what comes to mind is back in back in high school, people couldn't pronounce Caleb, right? And so the reason why we use K-Love is because there was a Spanish um, um, network radio station, and people could say K Love instead of Caleb. Hey, who knew, man? Well, you know, thirty years ago, forty years ago, how many people did you know named Caleb? Uh, one, right. one, and I, I and I'm like still six. the oldest Caleb that I've ever met. Right. Yeah, I know like six yeah, today because right? it's more of a popular name. But you know, back in the day, nah, wasn't nobody named Caleb. Uh, we won't talk about David. We know that name just out there. So if you mispronounce my name, you're doing it on wrong purpose. <laughs> so anyway, man, we got some amazing stuff to talk about as always. Um, but you know, before we get to that, what's been going on with you, man? Anything new? Anything happening? Just busy, just really busy, man. Uh, work has been a, a great challenge, and um, I'm just uh, I'm blessed, man. And I need to keep that in perspective. I need to uh, not only that, recognize that. The challenges that I'm faced with is an opportunity for me to kind of improve my 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 craft and my skill, and to be able to be of better service to other people. So, but busy man, how about yourself? I like that. Um, let's see. You've been you got your promotion six months ago, seven months ago. Yeah, nine months. But yeah, um, you you mention it often in the term of busy man, and and that you appreciate the challenge, and I think more people need to hear that. Right. Um, people ask me all the time, is my job hard? I'm like, it's not hard because I know what I'm doing, but there's so much of it to do yeah. that, you know, there's never a moment where there's no work to do. And so managing 
a lot of it can be hard. But yeah, you're right, man. We're we're blessed to be in the positions that we're in. Um, and I think a lot of times because of our position, we can get lost in entitlement, right? Yeah. And so I tell people all the time, and I say this, and I've been said a lot, you take a roll of nickels, right? That's $2 and 40 nickels. Um, and you throw it at your general, you know, uh, group of people that you hang around and a dollar 95 of it is going to hit people who are actually blessed, right? Mm. Because that's just the people we tend to associate with in our circles. We find we're around people who have jobs, they have homes, they're, you know, doing their thing. And we forget sometimes that that's not a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. And so especially with a platform like the Brothers from 818 have, we have to keep in mind that not everybody's going to, well, everyone's blessed, whether they realize it or not, but mm. the degree of that blessing and how they choose it, uh, how they choose to fill it and how they manifest it is going to be different in many circles. And so we have to be cognizant of that. So yeah. a little public service announcement message for the day. So, <laughs> but, but we're blessed today as well. We're blessed, we're blessed with uh, some guests that are joining us. And um, can't wait to see what they have to talk about or, or, or how they look at their blessings. Because um, sometimes, you know, on a hard day, maybe I, I, I look around and I'm like, man, thank God that I have food in the refrigerator or thank God I have shelter or, or thank God I could pay for for um, gas to get me to down down the street. Right. Um, that is all of that is a blessing. And as you said, a lot of people they don't even have that. So keeping it in perspective is really important. Exactly, exactly. So you mentioned our guest today. Um, it's really appropriate because we're entering a time where a lot of folks are leaving home, right? And uh, these folks are young people, right? They're going away to school. They're branching out possibly for the first time in life where they're without quote unquote parental supervision on a day-to-day -day basis and experience a new life. We're talking about a whole population of students that may be heading off to school. And um, our guests today are two shining examples of that. One in the normal realm that we would expect to hear. The other, I just found out about, well, we just talked about it recently on a recent episode um, that uh, she's at boarding school. So, you know, I really want to hear how bad she messed up to end up in boarding school. Right. right? Yeah. That's not something people volunteer to do. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, let's bring in our guests, man. One's name is Zadia. The other one's name is Janaea. Janaea and Zadia, can you hear me? If so, welcome to the Brothers from the 818. Yes. <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> we thank you guys for you ladies for joining us today. Uh, Janae, you have this amazing smile that I think you're just going to have us laughing uh, by the end of the show. And and um, Zadi, if you don't start smiling, I'm going to give you reasons to, to do so. There we go. That's what I want to see. <laughs> so thank you guys both. Um, we're we're by coastal today. So mm -hmm. uh, Janae, you're uh, all the you know what? Let me not start. Janae, why don't you kick us off? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? You know, what, what school are you at? How old you are? If you want to share that information, why you're smiling so hard, whatever you want to share, <laughs> uh, feel free. The, the floor is yours. Okay, sure. Um, this is just my resting face. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when I'm talking to people that I kind of like, it comes on. <laughs> so uh, my name is Jenea. 
Janaya Retti. Um, I live in New Jersey. I grew up in Montclair, New Jersey, and uh, that's where I did most of my schooling from elementary school to high school. And now I go to Howard University in DC. I'm 21 years old and um, I major in environmental science and I'm an African studies and dance arts double minor. That's amazing. A couple things before we continue. You said your name is uh, Janaya Rutti. Uh, you, you made sure to pronounce the T's. I would have said Rutti just because in California we shorten everything. Caleb, we're going to talk about it one day about, you know, you're from California when you take, you know, T's out of words like Santa Ana. There's right, actually a right. T in there and right. Sacramento, right? There's a T at the end of there too, but that's, a, that's another show for another time. Welcome. You go to Howard. Really, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I've been on that campus and their medical in their medical plaza. I think I still have some Howard gear from there. Uh, what year are you in? So I'm a, a in the fall. I'll be a second semester junior since um, I started in the spring semester. So my years aren't your typical um, freshman, sophomore, junior. As soon as August comes. Okay. Well, college doesn't have to be a typical experience. And actually, I'll change. College should not be a typical experience for anyone. So um, you got that one built into the bag. So it's whatever you make of it. That's that's beautiful. Uh, we're going to come back to you. Zadia, uh, how are you? I am good. It's a bit warm outside for me, but I'm enduring. All right. Now, we talked to Zadia recently. Some of you may remember her from our Father's Day episode. Um, and I trust that um, uh, that when your dad saw that, that he was as blessed as we were to hear it the first time. But um, go ahead, tell us what you uh, tell us uh, again who you are for our guests that may not have uh, caught that episode. How old are you? Um, what school do you go to? And you know, I got some questions right after that as well. But the floor is yours. Go ahead, Zadia. Well, my name is Zadia, and I'm 15. I also grew up in New Jersey. As Jersey gals are really, uh, we're a different breed. Very cool people. Woo woo, you know. Uh, now I live in California. I've lived here for a couple of years. The transition was interesting, but I mean, I've also started to drop my T's, so I think I've started to acclimate to this. Um, <laughs> and I go to school in Massachusetts, boarding school for high school. And yeah, I think that's just about it. So you're the one. How bad? I think I asked you this question last time. How bad did you have to mess up for your right. parents to send you to boarding school all the way over there? Um, I don't. I don't think I messed up too bad. I think I still occasionally forget to do the dishes when I'm supposed to, but not nothing. Nothing too severe. Uh, I chose it for myself, so maybe that makes me more crazy than somebody that gets sent away. But I beg to differ. Sadia, you didn't you didn't give us the name of your boarding school. Is that intentional, or are you trying to distance yourself from from your peers there? Um, sometimes people at my school get a reputation for being less than pleasant. Uh -huh. So, but I go to Phillips Academy in Andover. I mean, it's it's a pretty large school, one of the larger boarding schools, but we only have about twelve hundred students. Still a larger school. Um, I don't know if any of my peers are listening. I would like to hope so, but yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about the podcast is it'll go, it'll release on the day it releases and then it's always there. So whether they're listening right now or they'll be listening later, it will always be there. 
for you to hear. Um, just so you guys know, you guys out there in internet land, I tease Zadia, and, but I know good and well she's not in boarding school because she messed up. She's actually in boarding school because she's achieving for greatness and she saw an opportunity and, and took it and, and, and she's uh, amazing, but you'll hear about that. And, and Janae in her right as well. Um, uh, the purpose of what we're doing this for is, is that we, you know, whenever we have a chance on the Brothers from the 818 to highlight and just focus on people who are um, going against the norm. And when I say the norm, um, the going through the middle, especially during hard times, can be a challenge. Uh, but when you find people who are not only um, doing well, but exceeding and who are marching towards their challenges and not running away from them, uh, we want to take a special chance, a special moment, especially on the Brothers from 818, to focus on them. So right now, this show is about you guys. We want to celebrate you. We want to honor you. And we want to hopefully uh, hear something that those that are chasing after you, um, and especially young black girls, because uh, looking at what's in front of us, they'll say, hey, me too, right? This is something that I can do. This is something that I can achieve. So Caleb, kick us off, man. What you got for them? Well, I have the I have the difficult questions, right? You you had the easy questions. How are you? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. No, um, um, ladies, I am really excited because I've talked to both of you before and I and I get to ask you some questions that get to know you in a way that um, um, in, a, in a discussion that we've never had before. So I'm really excited to ask you these questions. Um, so both of you are out of the house when you are away at school. Um, both of you are living on campus, um, D.C. and Andover. I don't know where that is, actually, um, someplace in the in the East Coast where it's cold. Um, but um, what are the challenges with you moving out of the house or moving out of your parents' house uh, and being on campus? Could you talk about that? And I'll start with you, Zadia. Um, I think for me, especially because I was only 14 when I first left to go to school, I think a big challenge of leaving my house was leaving a big source of my identity. Um, I think a large part of myself has come from just being around my mom a lot. You know, she's been my role model for a lot of things in life. I think she and I are kind of the same person in a lot of ways. So I had to kind of discover how to go be my own person. And it's also the fact that I had to take initiative to take care of myself. There wasn't going to be anybody there to remind me to do my homework or wash my dishes or do my laundry. So it's becoming my own person, both in the sense that I need to remind myself that I have to take care of myself and being that I have to be myself because there's nobody else that's going to be me for me. I love how you honored your mother in, in your explanation and your answer. Um, and you reminded people um, that, you know, some young adults that might be struggling with um, some of those simple simple tasks, washing dishes, washing clothes, um, doing, doing their homework, right, or doing whatever, maybe waking up and going to school, you know, um, if you're going to be accountable, those are those are things that you need to prepare yourself for. And, and it sounds as if you've prepared yourself for it at a very young age, at a young age of 14. Um, um, Janaea, could you um, tell us about the challenges of what that experience was in, in your transition out of your house? So uh, for my transition, it's kind of a blend between challenge and benefit because the same things that uh, I, I find challenging is the same things that I find benefit me to leave the house. Mm. So um, three, 
I think three years ago, I moved in with my dad, which is more of a bigger uh, family environment than where I was living before. So that's where I was living right before I went to college. So um, just to give some perspective, I live in a house with more than 10 people. So you're always seeing people. Um, and I also live in a really loving environment. So you're always hugging, it's very affectionate. And when I went off to college, that was something that I felt like I was missing specifically with children because we also have a lot of children in our house so i didn't have someone coming up and running up to me and hugging me every five seconds so um, being distanced from that was something that was kind of hard for me because you can't really just walk around campus and be like hey give me a hug you know <laughs> so that's one of my biggest challenges just missing my family and um but also it gives me some more freedom because kind of like what Zadio was saying, to find myself and uh, to really identify with who I am without 10 plus people rather than just one or three plus people uh, affecting um, the way I act, the way I speak, the way I uh, just want to cherish myself uh, really helps. So just being uh, more secluded and uh, in a new environment so I can like swim through the waters and see who really is Jenea. I love that. And and you, in your response, you kind of um, lifted up your father and talked about your, your living environment. Uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't live with uh, in a household with 10 people. And um, because I'm familiar with your, your circumstance, I think you shaved off a five or 10 people from that number as well. But uh, big ups to you, Jenea. <laughs> so let me let me uh, tag on something both of you uh, pointed out. Um, with Caleb, you and I, you know, out of necessity, we grew up with a certain degree of grit, right? That at an early age, we had to learn to do things for ourselves, cook, clean, learn how to iron, navigate the mass transit system and things along those lines. As we've grown up and have more resources, our kids don't have to have the skills we developed at such an early age, right? So, you know, I have a child that's going to be going away to college in a few years and I'm thinking, all right, I need to start making sure he can cook and that he can clean and he can do all the things that take care of himself. Zadia, you, pocket. You, you made right. You made that decision <laughs> at 14, obviously equipped with those skills to be able to do that. Um, Janae, you came out of a house of 10. So that either means that, you know, you're managing an entire process or fending for yourself for the scraps at the table or somewhere in between there. But now both of you are in elements where, as you both identified, you're trying to find the real you. And if not the real you, just what does it mean to be Janae? What does it mean to be um, Zadia? Um, any surprises in any of that? Have you woken up one morning since you've been in this new environment and said, hey, nice to meet you? You're muted, Zadia. I mean, Janaya. Oh, I was talking to myself. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I could answer that. I feel that um, it's a journey. Like self-discovery is a journey. And I don't think that it starts or, well, it definitely starts somewhere, but I don't think that there is a timeline for it. I think that um, throughout our whole life, that is our timeline and we just have different seasons and different reasons. So regardless of where I am, 
am, I find that whether I'm in New Jersey, for COVID, I've had to do online classes. So I haven't been in DC. And um, just that transition with doing everything online from being on campus in a matter of like days, um, I found that I had to shift from that I'm exploring spreading my wings in this completely new environment. Um, I'm ex I'm um, like on this other adventure, but then I have to come home and try to continue that adventure because I don't want to close the door on it. So I found that uh, throughout these last this last year, actually, every day you kind of wake up and you learn something new about yourself or you try to love yourself in a different way if you're really intentional mm. about it. Uh, it's just the environment that might shift uh, the area in your life that you see growth or that you see stagnancy or whatever it is that you see. Um, but I think that there's an opportunity, whether you're away from home or if you're at home, uh, to still discover yourself in different ways. Okay. Zadi, you want to chime in on any of that? Um, actually, for my own self-discovery, I think a big aha moment was realizing that I wasn't that different or I wasn't growing to be that different of a person that I've always been. I think that has something to do with the fact that I've always been raised to uh, in a way that's encouraged just being your being yourself, you know, being the most authentic version of yourself, because if somebody doesn't like that, they don't like you and you don't really have anything to do with them. So I think a lot of the times I felt like I wasn't changing as much as I needed to, especially because in your teenage years, you're always encouraged, oh, you're going to be changing, you're going to be a whole new person. And I felt that I wasn't keeping up with that. But I think a big part of the aha moment of like, I don't really need to change that much because I think I've been living my life in a way that's decent enough that I don't have to go through some sort of metamorphosis to find my true self. Because I feel like I've been living as myself for quite a while. So uh, I think it's not, I wouldn't say opposite to what a lot of other people experience, but I think it's a bit different because a lot of people feel this pressure to become a whole new person, but I kind of like who I am. So I've stayed fairly the same in my self-discovery. So Dave, you and I, oh, so Dave, you and I, you, you and I, we had each other, right? And we kind of leaned, leaned on each other to kind of keep ourselves on a straight and narrow. And in that we we found some confidence in ourselves and and became the individuals and became became confident in being the individual when you went away to college and I and I stayed and, and was in college on my own. Um, I find it interesting that they're both of their both of their responses were were similar but but different, you know. Um, and that self esteem just kind of is is either in them from their upbringing or um, or they either in there from the from the upbringing or it was always there because some people uh like you and i i think that when we when we jumped out of the bed in the morning and went headed off to mcclay we were very confident um and so it's, it's good to see that they also carry that confidence with them yes first of all teeny i love you <laughs> also she said something that really sparked a light bulb she said something about um like the way that she always was herself growing up. So this self journey was a journey back to who she really was. And I feel like all of us were really just returning back to the child in us. Because when we're children, we're just authentically ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then as, as we grow, as life happens, that's when all these layers um, start to pile itself on top of ourselves. So in that self journey, it's like digging back to those layers, back to who you really were before 
all of these things started tainted how tainting how you were perceiving yourself. That's beautiful. Um, pause. Um, Janae, refrain from using the hand raising and things like that because it shows up on the video and then two, it moves the videos around. <laughs> so just throw your hand up and say, ooh, or jump in. It's like double dutch. You just rock back and forth and you get in where you fit in. So no, I think that was great. Um, unpause. Um, your authentic self, you know, again, I think both of y'all just been here before because, you know, I talk to a lot of people and have over the last 20 years and counseling and just building up men and, and my career and what I do about finding that authentic you, right? And a lot of people, you know, twice your age, three times your age, that's foreign concept. I need to be who you want me to be so that I can fit in. And mm. it's like, that's never the genuine you. You'll never look in the mirror and be happy with what you see because you need validation from somewhere else. So. I find that super encouraging in a world where we're bubble wrapping our youth to find um, two amazing representatives right now that are um, dancing by the rhythm or to the beat of your own drum, which is amazing. So I, I can appreciate that. Caleb, this is all new for me with these two. So you, you got to jump in. But let me hit this question and then I'm going to okay. I'm gonna try to back off a little bit. Try, okay. You know, I have trouble with that. Um, Janae, Janae, you attend Howard, and I had to give you some props there, being a uh, being that it is Howard and it's an HBCU. Um, why there? Why did you choose there over? Or, or one, did you apply anywhere else? Maybe it was an all or none for you. But did you apply other places? And if you did, why did you choose um, an HBCU, especially Howard? So it's funny because. I was just having this conversation two days ago with someone about how I actually ended up at Howard. So um, in my uh, process with applications during senior year of high school, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I didn't know, um, I knew that I wanted to go somewhere or actually, I don't even think I wanted to go somewhere. It was all a big blur because a lot was happening at once. It's like senior year, all the stuff that happens with senior year socially and personally. And then everybody is trying to prep you to be an adult. Everybody is trying to tell you to think for yourself when you've experienced what 11 years, 11 to 13 years uh, with people telling you how to think, like teaching you how to think. And so to make a decision like that for me was very overwhelming. And um, I actually started to procrastinate in uh, my applications. I got all my testings in on time, thank God. My mom helped me with that. But I was so overwhelmed with making the wrong decision or making the right decision, just making a decision in general that um, I started to put things off. And then um, thank God for my mom, because she's the one that really pushed me uh, to make me go see other schools and to really try to make me think about it because I was trying to escape thinking about it. So um, we visited UPenn and we also visited Temple. Philadelphia was nice. I liked Temple more than UPenn because UPenn just seemed too frigid and I'm not that type of person. And uh, Temple was, it was okay, but I didn't feel like a connection there. And then we visited Howard. I'm not sure how I got to Howard, but we went on the tour and uh, I was like, you know what? I actually, I like it here. 
and there wasn't really a reason for me to like it because I didn't see much on the tour. It was raining and it was a really gloomy day. So typically you would think, okay, this tour is going to sink. But I, there was something about it that just drew me there. And I didn't know much about Howard. Um, I didn't know much about HBCUs either, even though I sat through the whole uh, 30 minute tutorial of them telling me the history of Howard. I really just wasn't even there, but uh, walking briefly around the campus again, I got that feeling. <laughs> yes, I went home, I talked to my mom and uh, she asked me where I wanted to go. I was like, I want to go to Howard. And she's like, okay, so where are you going to apply? I was like, Howard. And she was like, okay, where else are you going to apply? Like nowhere else. I'm, I'm going to Howard, <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, but you have to be realistic. You, you can't just apply one place. You know, you have to have backups and all of these other schools just in case." And my guidance counselor was saying the same thing, but I was like, "No, I'm going to Howard." I didn't know how I was going to get to Howard. Um, I didn't see any other school. I really only saw those three schools, but uh, I guess that's just where my heart was, and. I ended up applying to 11 schools <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I ended up applying to 11 schools and um, like by God's grace, everything just fell into place and uh, I got a scholarship to go to Howard and I didn't have to pay too much money. It was a school that I really connected with. So I ended up going there. Wow. That's 11 yeah. schools. Did you get into all 11? Uh, I believe so. Wait, no, I didn't get into Princeton because okay. they in in high school they say have one have three schools that you apply to that uh, that you think you might not get into, and then three schools that you think you would, and then three schools for backup. That's the format that they gave us. So. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's very and interesting. They, they they've expanded that. When I was in school, years and years and years ago, it was like apply to three schools that you feel like you'll get into. Um, one as a backup, just in case, your dream school, and then one that's a challenge. And so I applied to six schools, um, got into all but one, and um, that's, that school's my Princeton. It wasn't Princeton, but that's my Princeton. And so whenever I think about that school, I have very negative things to say because they didn't have the opportunity to have someone like me. But anyway, nice. <laughs> Zadia, so you're... Uh, still in high school. So you, you, you've gone through the application process. I think we talked about, you know, what, what made you decide to get to go to boarding school. But as you're starting to look forward to college, you're going in through a different lens. You've already been away from home. You've already experienced, you know, what I call almost grown life on your own a little bit without, you know, the day to day parental supervision. Um, what are your thoughts about college and the type of school um, that you might want to go and is an HBCU and part of that process for you? Um, college is a really big thing at my school. I think especially because it's a college prep school, everybody's constantly thinking about college. So we start college counseling at the beginning of this upcoming school year, which is something that makes me nervous because I don't know, college has always seemed like such a far away thing to me. It's like, oh, adults go to college. I don't go to college. I'm young. I'm fun. I'm a teenager, right? My joints don't hurt every morning. That is also a lie. My joints do hurt. But um, college for me is, it's a big, scary thing. I think I became a big, scary thing not too long after I started high school because high school was also something that old people did. And now I'm in high school. I think there's a bit of construction noise outside. Sorry about that. But um, right now for college, I don't know what I want to do, not in the slightest, because I don't know what I want to do after college in the slightest. I started watching Grey's Anatomy this week, so the medical field has been quite interesting. 
Um, but in general, I think I would like to go to an HBCU, especially because I don't think I've really gotten to be around enough people that look like me at my school, which is pretty homogenous. Uh, there's a, mostly mostly white students. There's not too many black students. I think I would be pretty confident in saying I know all the black students in my grade. So I don't think I, uh, I've gotten to know enough people that look like me, but still have different experiences. Um, so, yeah. Dave, you know, let me say something. Let me say something to you. Homogenous and metamorphosis, right? You, you, I think the last time you said, I don't know too many teenagers that, that speak like that. And then she's going to take a shot at, out at adults, which I consider myself to be one, right? Um, sometimes. Um, but she said that, you know, adults go to, to college. Well, adults are also on their own. Well, some of them are. Um, they're doing laundry. They're washing. They're, they're, they're cooking for themselves and they're being accountable. Um, Zadia, welcome to adulthood. Go ahead, Dave. No, no, that was that was pretty much it. I think um, uh, where you were going with that was, you know, again, your vocabulary words. I have to just pause and pull out my thesaurus and make sure that we're both saying the same thing. Or you're saying this, I'm hearing the words that you're actually saying. But um, I think it's impressive for both of you that as you're even on this journey, you're recognizing where you need to be and who you need to be on it. The more impressive part, you know, and again, I, I go back to the frame of reference. When Caleb and I were going to school, you know, your number of careers were really, you know, 10, right? You're a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a scientist, things that, you know, we were all pushed into from a very young age. Um, you guys, you ladies are in the benefit of approaching careers that for Caleb and I didn't exist and, and in many cases may not exist yet because you can actually define what it is that you want to do according to skill sets that you've developed, which increases your chance for happiness and increases your chance for longevity in your career, increases your chance for just satisfaction in whatever that you do, and a harmonious life and career balance that's unheard of. So, you know, I really applaud that. And I think you're both approaching it with the exact angle of taking your what's even uh, what I'm going to call unsurety. Just I'm not really sure where this is going, but I know that on this path, I'm going closer to it. And so I can really respect that. I appreciate that. So so ladies, um, Tadia, again, you're an adult now. Um, so ladies, um, what do you do for fun? I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of, of work. There's a lot of work getting into into school. There's a lot of work being on campus. What what are you doing for fun? And how is it living on, a, on, on campus? Is it as fun as some, some might think it would be? Um, because there is a lot of, there's a lot of high school students that are planning to journey into college now. And it may be an, an eye-opener, like, whoa, this is, this is more than I expected. Um, Jenea, go ahead. I'm trying to figure out how to answer that question. Fun. Um, okay, I'll start off with what I do for fun. Uh, I like creating. So whatever I can get my hands on and make or remake, that's fun for me. Um, I like dancing, so if that's making up a dance. I also like music, so if that's writing a song. I like writing, so if that's uh, writing poetry. Um, anything along, of, along those lines is fun for me. Uh, I also like connecting with people that I love. 
like everybody else does. Um, so on campus, that's where things kind of got hard because I didn't really know a lot of people on campus. And so uh, I could say that campus life really varies. It depends on uh, who you are and then the crowd of people that you're with, uh, what you like to do, all of those things come into perspective when you uh, think about campus life. So my campus life, uh, I started campus, I'm sorry, I started school a semester behind everybody else at freshman year. So I started the spring semester and everybody else in my year started the fall semester. So once I got to school, everybody kind of already knew each other and um, Howard can be kind of clicky sometimes. So everybody already had their clicks and I didn't really know anybody that first semester, which is okay. Cause I think that's exactly how it was supposed to go. So again, I could have that time for myself and see what I liked and what I didn't like. Uh, so that was the first semester. My campus life was really uh, pretty much me just trying to figure things out, trying to figure me out. And then the next semester, the next semester and a half was really all I had before COVID happened. So that's when I started to branch out and uh, I met new people. Uh, we got to explore the city. We got to share our experiences. Um, then I got to meet the people that they knew. <laughs> so I would say that campus life is... Um, it's about networking too. That's Thank what I've got that answer. So far. Thank you for that answer. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't go to school on campus. I didn't live on campus um, uh, in, in, in my undergrad or my graduate program. And so, you know, for me, it was running from from the house to to into a classroom and and leaving there to another classroom or go running to work. And so that was my reality. Um, I, my only experience with living like in dorm life would be in the military. So um, I, I appreciate like the, the contrast because you were trying to get to know people and then and then the first year it didn't work. And then the second year, you, as you started getting to know people, then COVID hit. So um, anyways, thank you very much. Zadia, how about you? How is campus life for you? What are you doing for fun? Um, so it's small town Massachusetts. So there's not too much to do, uh, especially if you go downtown, it's like you eat food, that's basically it. But on campus, I would say that it's inherently fun just because you're shoving a bunch of teenagers into dorms where they all have, there's there's adult supervision, but it's not anything uh, that you would really be getting at home. For the most part, we're supposed to take care of ourselves. So I think it's inherently fun in that way because, you know, we're, I think teenagers are, are pretty fun people most of the time. And just the concept of being able to live with your friends while you're still teenagers, I mean, it's movie nights and discussions on Oh my gosh, did she wear that to the dance? Oh my God, yeah, she did wear that to the dance, which it's very petty once you look at it from like a third person perspective. But once you're in the moment, you're very into it. So it's like teenage dramas and stuff like that. Um, there's usually like small events on campus where you get to know people. And I would say that I don't really like to confine myself to one set group of friends. I would consider myself to be a drifter in that way. So I like to make fun out of any situation. Um, I once walked all the way to the McDonald's, which doesn't sound fun now that I say it out loud, but it's me and two random people. And I was like, you guys want to go get McDoubles? And we did it. And I like to consider myself to be somebody that also makes fun out of anything. So I would say it's fun. Some people would say you live in a small town in Massachusetts in which there's McDonald's as the highlight. So it's really a, a situation where it's what you make of it. 
I had a I had a uh, an addiction of, to McDonald's fries as well. So I understand. I understand if when you when you get those McDonald's fries cravings, sometimes you just need to put your shoes on and get to walking. So I understand. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. My first night in the dorms back in '88. That's how old you know we are. Uh, back in '88, we were sitting there and it was probably like 9:30 at night, and we're all kind of gathering in a common room. And was like, so what's up? And somebody was like, I really want some McDonald's French fries. And everybody was like, cool, let's go. And like, so 15, 20 of us all just started walking. Cause if you walk two miles in any direction, you're gonna run into a McDonald's, right? And so that's what we did. Nobody was from there. Damani wasn't there, right? And we just all just took a walk and walked to McDonald's and ended up standing outside of McDonald's eating fries and drinking strawberry shakes. So, so yeah, McDonald's and and, and college life go hand in hand, I guess. So um, this this next question I I have to ask because Caleb and I have been um, blessed and fortunate to have a number of guests that have been um, uh, fraternity affiliated or sorority affiliated. And we've never really broached a subject with any of them except to say we're going to bring you back when we do. But being that you're at uh, an HBCU, Janae, um, any thoughts for pledging? Is that even your personality? Is that something you could see yourself doing? No, not really. Uh, I don't really know much about fraternities or sororities, honestly. Both of my parents are Jamaican, so that's not a thing that like we usually have in our culture. So it's not until I actually went to college till I saw, oh, okay. This is what they are. I like I like the dance. I don't know if I should be doing the dances, but I like the dances and I like um, I like the like when we have shows and they come out to perform. Usually everybody gets excited when they come out, but I don't think it's something that I would pledge in just because I don't know much about it. Sorry. I understand. <laughs> understand. Zadia, you have a few years before that becomes a reality for you, but is that something you could see for yourself? I've always thought about sororities as things that weren't really for me, except for probably HBCU fraternities, or not fraternities, sororities, because, you know, it's like you're around black people, you do things that black people do. Sororities are often kind of perceived as homogeneously white, uh, very wealthy people that get together to talk about things that white wealthy people talk about. I'm not sure what that is because I'm neither of those things. But I think if I went to an HBCU, I would consider joining a sorority. But otherwise, I don't think it's something that's for me either. Okay. Yeah, uh, for the record, David and I, uh, we both considered it. Um, and neither of uh, neither one of us finished our, our pledging process. Uh, for me, it was the military that uh, I am now a member of that fraternity. Okay, so we have uh, only a couple more minutes. Um, closing, uh, closing thoughts. Um, any advice that you would give to someone that is considering um, HBCU, going to college, going to a boarding school because they have the uh, ability and, and the aptitude to, to do well there? Um, any closing thoughts? Uh, and I'm only going to put you on a, on a clock. Uh, 30 seconds. Janea, you start. Uh, so I would say most importantly, just to prioritize having alone time. Uh, Whether you're in high school and you have the summer going off to college or even while you're still in college, prioritize spending time with yourself, 
getting to know uh, your inner self, getting to know God, getting to know your morals, your values, and your list of wills and wants, and always having that at the forefront of your mind. Thank you. All right, uh, I'll give my piece of advice now. I think at boarding school, since you're a teenager, you're not really gonna have too much of a sense of self, but you need to have some sort of sense of self to do this because you're gonna be thrown into an environment where everybody's gonna have kind of the same standards as you. Everybody's gonna have been the top of their class. They're gonna have all been three-time award-winning award poet writers or something equally as fantastic. So you have to have some sort of sense of self. You have to know that, okay, I'm here to do what I need to do. I'm not here to impress everybody else. Uh, and I think that's really helpful in just having a good time. Hmm. All right, all right. Um, Zadi, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna keep this one on you real quick, and I know we're trying to close out. I'm gonna give you maybe 45 seconds um, on top of that to bring back something that uh, Caleb and I uh, haven't got to do in a while. Um, it's just one question, and I see that uh, AirPod in your ear. What you listening to? Right now, I, I am actually, this is actually really fun to me because playlist making is one of my hobbies. Um, so right now, I think I've really been listening to my Black Mother's Plays, which is a lot of Erica Badu, Lauren Hill, stuff like that. Um, I don't really get to listen to it too much at school because people are like, what is this? And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know what this is. So I can't really relate to them too much. But my mom likes listening to it. I like listening to it. Um, so I think I would say definitely a lot of Lauren Hill. You know, it, it's never bad. You can never say you're listening to Lauren Hill and having a bad time, which is something that I really need. I always need those good times in my life. Zadia, share your playlist with us. Come on, yeah. just share your playlist. Do you want to break down song by song? No, we want to listen to the music and, and see if we have the same appreciation that you and your mother have. Um, Hit so the you share button just... on your app and send it to us. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Me too, okay, I'll send you. I'll send, I'll send the playlist. But yeah, several of them, yeah. It, it needs a bit of iteration. It's still in its uh, fetal stages, if you will. So uh, I will share somewhere. What about you, Janae? What you listening to? I listen, mostly I listen to instrumentals on YouTube. So I listen to a lot of, um, I'll type in blank type beats. So depending on the artist feel I'm looking for. And like if I'm driving in the car, I'll maybe freestyle and try to make a song. So that's maybe 50% of what I listen to. And then the other um, 50%, I would say uh, maybe 35% is just clicking shuffle on my Spotify list. And then the other 15%, I would say, is uh, there's church music that I have that is in a different language. And I really appreciate it being in a different language. So um, that takes up, yeah, about 15% of my music collection as well. Let me just side note that. Is that a different language that you understand or is it the element of praise? It's, it's both. So it's a language I'm learning as well. And the more I listen to it is the more I learn it. But uh, you'd be surprised because when you listen to music that's for God, you don't necessarily have to know what they're saying. Um, so when, when I listen to it, I don't feel left out or anything. Sometimes I actually feel like I know what they're saying, even though I don't. So Janae is talking to all y'all, not necessarily the two on the on the podcast with us, but all y'all, because, you know, just my time in Africa and being in church services there and listening to them praise in, in, in a language I didn't understand was the most powerful experience that I can recall, because you're right. You didn't need to know what the words were. 
and it was it was amazing. So wow, I'm an, um, I might change up my music next week. I still got some playlists back then to do it. Caleb, close us out, man. What you listening to? Oh man, um, listen to my children scream and holler. Uh, like I said, it's been a it's been a long week, but I'm not really listening to any music. But I will be because Zadia is going to share her playlist, and then Janae, I'm gonna I'm gonna charge you with sharing. So share some of your spoken word. I know that you do poetry, and I know that you sing. So so share it with the brothers from the 818, and um, maybe we'll share it with uh, our audience. But thank you for both ladies for joining us, Dave. What are you listening to? So I've been stuck on uh, 90s R&B for about the last six months. Uh, this past week, I've thrown in some Billie Holiday and right. some Ma Rainey. So she got a, a new pub just from the Netflix special that, that was on or the Netflix movie that was out about six months ago. Um, but just been throwing in some old school, been in the Billie Holiday, Ma Rainey type of mood, uh, loving my blues. Um, and just, uh, you know, that different flow of being entertained audibly. So, um, so you know what we've been listening to, uh, what you've been listening to, watching, enjoying, immersing yourself in is the brothers from the 818 with your man David two times and no payload. Um, and our two lovely guests, Janaea and Zadia, uh, all the way from the East Coast, you know, brothers from the 818, we try to keep it, uh, keep it at least national, if not global. Um, but uh, on behalf of Caleb and myself, ladies, we cannot thank you enough for your words and your insight, uh, your transparency, and for the words of wisdom you shared with that next generation. We always believe that there's someone somewhere that's going to click on this and they're going to hear your words and it's going to allow a tangent to be created in their current trajectory in life. Um, a lot of times, especially when people look in the mirror and they see reflections that look like you and I, there's a, a lack of identity right and then a lack of purpose and direction because there's not a lot of role models that have paved that way before them and so for each of you um you're you're going a direction that's less traveled and and a lot of times and and maybe even because you've never seen someone go that way and you want to be the first so i applaud that um if i was wearing a hat i would take it off if you were in front of me i would bow i mean that's just an amazing thing um that you guys can carry um, so thank you for sharing that journey with us on the Brothers from the 818. And we hope it's been even as half as fulfilling for you as it has been for us. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if Dottie wanted to go first, but <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> yes, thank you for having us. Absolutely. So um, you can check us out on YouTube, uh, Facebook. Um, you can catch us on audio streaming on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, where Zadia is going to share her playlist with us or Apple right. Music, whatever right. you got to do. Um, you can also catch us on our website, Brothers from the 818com Until next time, uh, this is your man David. Been kicking it with Caleb, our lovely guests, Janea and Zadia. Uh, we bid you farewell and we say peace. Peace. You are down with the brothers from the